Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration. You'll hear the music of the King's Heralds, Del Delker and Brad Braley. The Voice of Prophecy speaker is H.M.S. Richards. soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb, and shall I fear to own his cause, or blush to speak his name? Are there no foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? Is this my world a friend to grace, to help me on to God? Since I must fight if I would reign, increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil and do the pain, so Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word and for the revelation of the place of Thy Church on earth. Bless all Christians today, and may their testimony and their witness bring help to the world. Guide us in this service, we pray in Christ's name. There is a place of quiet rest Near to the heart of God A place where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God O Jesus, blessed Redeemer Sent from the heart of God Hold us who bow before thee, near to the heart of God.
Every Christian is in reality a sojourner in a strange land. Miss Delker expresses this thought in the old hymn, I'm but a stranger here, heaven is my home. Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, which church saves? There we have it, a straight-out question. Which church saves? Must I be a Protestant, a Roman Catholic, a Greek Orthodox, or belong to the Jewish church in order to be saved? Which church saves? Millions of people want to be saved. They feel that they're willing to do whatever is necessary to be saved. They've been taught that they must belong to some church in order to be saved. Therefore, they try to obey what they believe is the truth. Then let us see what the Scripture says about this matter of being saved. What did Jesus say about salvation? 
That ought to settle it. We read his words here in Luke 19, verses 9 and 10. This day is salvation come to this house, forasmuch as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Notice two things here. First, something was lost. Second, Jesus came to save it. It is clear also from this text that wherever Jesus is, there is salvation. He was in that house that day and said, Salvation is come to this house. Whatever a man needs to be saved from, his salvation must come from Christ. We read here he came to seek and to save that which was lost. We have the plain statement that Jesus himself is the Savior, that he brings salvation and saves that which was lost. In fact, at his birth, the angel named him Jesus, which means Savior. For it is written, he shall save his people from their sins. Matthew 1.21 Then the salvation which Jesus came to bring is the salvation from sin. Let us look at this now in a different way. Here are a few facts. First, there is a God. God has a kingdom. That kingdom has a law. That law is the Ten Commandments. Transgression of that law is sin. The wages of sin is death. All have sinned. Therefore, death has passed upon all. All people need to be saved from the condemnation of sin. Jesus is the Savior because he came to save us by taking our place before the broken law of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We all know those wonderful words of John 3.16. A Calcutta paper recently related that a young man came to the house of a missionary for an interview. In the course of the conversation, he said, Many things which Christianity contains I can find in Hinduism. But Christianity has one thing which Hinduism has not. What's that? His reply was, and it's very striking, a savior. This young man saw the central truth of the scriptures. Jesus is a savior. Have you ever been in an earthquake? I have. It's an interesting experience. One begins to realize that this old earth is not as solid as it seems. Well, it was earthquake night, and the two preachers were literally shaken out of the prison. We read about it in the 16th chapter of Acts. To the warden who was about to commit suicide and cried out, What must I do to be saved? The apostle Paul replied, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That very night he was baptized. And with this, the words of the apostle Peter agree. Listen to them as we read Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This rules out any human organization. This rules out any other human being. This rules out any church as a church. We are not saved by a church. We are saved by Jesus Christ. This is not to say a word against the benefits derived from church membership or the good that churches do in the world. For Jesus Christ himself declared of the church, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew 16, 18. But it is Jesus himself who saves. He is the Savior, and that settles it forever. 
It's not receiving a church, but receiving Jesus that brings salvation. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. John 1.12 And in another place he says, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. John 6.37 Will we come to him? Will you come to him? That's the question. We must believe, that is, have faith in him that he's the Savior. The second step is repentance. Repent and be baptized. Acts 2.38 Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Luke 13.3 then we must confess our faith in Christ. Whosoever shall confess me before man, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Matthew 10:32. The fourth step is baptism. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts 2:38. That's our part of it. God's part is to give us a new life. It's called a new birth. We find it described here in the third chapter of John. The very words of Jesus are, Ye must be born again. This is the miracle which God works in our hearts when we believe and repent and turn our faces toward Jesus as our Savior. John Townsend once wrote a letter to Queen Victoria urging her to read John 3.16 and Romans 10.9 and 10 so that she might know that the eternal life promised in the Bible is sure for both the present and the future. Here's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. About two weeks later, Mr. Townsend received the following reply from the Queen. Your letter of recent date received... And in reply, I would state that I have carefully and prayerfully read the passages of Scripture referred to. I believe in the finished work of Christ for me and trust by God's grace to meet you in that home of which he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Signed, Queen Victoria. The Queen knew the truth on this subject. We too may know it and experience it in our own lives. Now, let us make this message very personal. Wherever you are, there by your radio or driving along in your car or truck or on your tractor, listen, God loves you. The scripture says, God so loved the world. In fact, God is love, 1 John 4, 8. Then God himself is the source of the salvation which he offers you. He so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And Jesus came voluntarily to die for you. He did die for you. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, 3. He bore them as he hung on Calvary's cross because he loved you. And he's loving you still. Will you not personally respond to such love today? Oh, yes, I know you may be a church member. But remember this. Religion is not necessarily salvation. There are many people who have religion but have no salvation. Pandita Ramabai, the noted Christian leader of India, tells how she followed the religions of her own country during her childhood days, right on until she was a grown a woman and married, and yet she was never satisfied. She had much religion. Very religious she was. One day she heard about Christianity and said, That's what I need. Christianity will satisfy my soul. I will embrace the Christian religion. So she did so. Sailed for England, where she went through the forms of baptism and confirmation and joined the church. For eight years she lived an exemplary moral life as a church member. 
One night she happened to be listening to a message on the new birth and heard those tremendous words, Ye must be born again. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. She realized that she had never had that experience. In fact, she'd never even been told that she must be born again, born from above by the power of God. She was convicted right there and accepted Jesus as her personal Savior, not merely accepting Christianity as a theory, as something better, something which would help her, but she accepted Jesus as a personal Savior who died for her personally, and thereby faith she passed from death into life. And this is the testimony of the gracious lady herself in her own words. I have found the Christian religion, but I did not find the Christ of the religion. Now I have found Jesus. Before she gave this testimony, she had embraced Christianity, but she had not accepted Jesus Christ. It was true in the experience of Paul, as he was in that of Pandita Ramabai. It's true in the experience of dozens and hundreds and thousands of other people. They learn at last that no church saves. Jesus only saves. Will you not accept him as your Savior and find what this Christian worker found and what thousands of others have found? Find salvation, peace of heart, deliverance, assurance as you're a child of God? What did Jesus say about those who have not seen him yet believe? Here it is. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. John twenty twenty nine. Do you want this blessing? What great truth was the foundation of the apostolic preaching, later of the Reformation, and true preaching today? Here it is, the just shall live by faith, Romans 1.17. What part of the Christian armor is faith? Putting on the breastplate of faith and love, 1 Thessalonians 5.8. It's called the shield of faith in Ephesians 6.16. And how will our faith grow? Listen, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10.17. If you will read the Word of God, especially the New Testament, your faith will begin to grow and you will be able to reach out and walk in the light as Christ is in the light, 1 John 1, 7. One evening a businessman came home to his house, a new subdivision. He was very happy. Things were going fine at the office. Just getting a good look at the paper when a small boy came up close and said, Daddy, is your soul insured? The question startled him. Why do you ask that, Bobby? Well, Daddy, I heard Uncle George say that you had your house insured and your car and your life, but he's afraid you had not thought about insuring your soul. He's afraid you might lose it, Daddy. Won't you go and get your soul insured right away tonight? The father bowed his head. He was silent for a moment. Yes, he had insured his life, the maintenance of his wife and son, but he hadn't given one thought to his own soul. What shall it profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Mark eight thirty six and 37. Friend, I ask you the question today, calmly, sincerely, earnestly, and right personally to your heart. Is your soul insured? If not, why not look after it today, just now, as we pray? Heavenly Father, we pray that thou wilt bless every listener especially help those who have not made sure of eternal life. O oh Lord, give them courage and strength and wisdom and help them to feel the necessity of this full surrender to Christ. Give them faith to believe that Jesus is the Savior and to say to him, Be my Savior today. 
In his blessed name, we ask it. Amen. Lord, I care not for riches, neither silver nor gold. I would make sure of heaven, I would enter the fold. In the book of thy kingdom, with its pages so fair, tell me, Jesus, my Savior, is my name written there? Is my name written there on the page white and fair? In the book of thy kingdom is my name written there. Oh, that beautiful city with its mansions of light, with its glorified beings in pure garments of white, where no evil thing cometh to despoil what is fair, where the angels are watching. Yes, my name's written there. Yes, my name's written there on the page white and fair in the book of thy kingdom. Yes, my name's written there. Tune in again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. May God ever watch over you as you look up and go forward in faith. Have faith in God. Through troubles, stormy waves, have faith in God. His peace the Spirit craves. Have faith in God, for only Jesus saves. Have faith, dear friend, in God.